Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about the 2021 film, The Burning Sea. Short version of the review, if you have not seen The Wave or The Quake, which are the first two in this kind of disaster trilogy from Norway, uh, stop the review and go watch those right now. Stream them, uh, buy them. I have them on Blu-ray. Um, I think Voodoo had a, a, a two-for-sale, $9.99. You can get both of the copies of the movies. Um, they're really good. Um, and they tell the story, basically a continuing story of a family, one who is affected by a giant tidal wave um, that was caused by a rock slide. And the second part is uh, the same family is affected by a giant earthquake. This movie is unrelated. It was produced by the same people who produced all three and the same guy that directed the second one, John Andreas Anderson. Um, and that's pretty much the only connective tissue to the first two movies, I think. The It's one of those from the producers of first came the wave, then came the quake, and now. Um, it's a different kind of movie, although... All in all, it's kind of the same formula they're really good at. So the short version is if you like those first two, you're absolutely going to like this one. It's not quite as spectacular as The Quake. It would more resemble The Wave, I would say. But it's got some big ideas and some pretty big effects, too. So the movie, The Burning Sea, opens very simply with a woman in bed. And she's happy and and. Then her boyfriend, whoever it is, is cooking breakfast for her, and there's a kid involved, and everybody's happy, and they go to a party, and everybody's happy, and she works on robots to uh, film and, and work on things underwater. Norway is a big water country, if you didn't know. It has a big coastline and uh, a large oil field. They're a very oil-producing country. Anyway, so... One thing leads to another. Uh, the, the, the crux of the movie is they have lost part of a rig or a rig, and they need her and her partner to use their technology to see if they can find survivors. And while they're looking for survivors, they find a much bigger problem down there. <laughs> and it goes from there. And the story, I mean... A lot of the story is told through dialogue. Through there, There's some interesting uh, bookends to the movie, these kind of uh, documentary pieces. They're not real. At least I read they weren't real documentaries. Uh, they star one of the actors from the movie, so I assume they're not real. But they're interesting because they put a lot of perspective. I did not know Norway was such a large oil-producing country and had as many oil wells out in the North Sea as it does. Um and when they talk about the number, the sheer numbers involved, it's like, wow, I really had no idea. So there's a little bit of that. So if you have any background in that kind of thing in, in their history, um, this movie would probably even have more impact to you. So you're seeing through the eyes of this couple, he works in the industry, she works on the fringe of the industry, and one in this these terrible things are going to happen, and a rescue needs to be mounted. It's it's all believable, it's all really well done, and thoroughly entertaining. This is an old-style disaster movie, kind of like um, 
earthquake, towering inferno, things like that. Um, these Norwegian producers have really nailed the formula. I wish American movies were this heartfelt, this sincere. Sure, the movies, all three of them, stread, uh, stretch credibility quite a bit, but they're still kind of believable. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not um, super heroic Dwayne Johnson type stuff. It's it's real people maybe making that last, you know, gasp for air or leap of faith or whatever and surviving the experience. Um, it, it's that kind of pushing the believability. Nobody does anything superhuman or anything like that. It's They're very lucky, if anything. But in all three of the movies, I felt at the end emotionally connected to the characters. And I'm watching these things. You know, um, they're speaking Norwegian. I'm, I'm reading subtitles. But the movies are so well made. There's, I mean, there's plenty of dialogue in them, but not a tremendous amount. It's the emotions on the characters' faces and the situations that really sell the movies. And I got to say, these are three of the best foreign films. I mean, they're not... They're not trying to make Citizen Kane. They're not trying to make, um, you know, Academy Award winning films. They want to make exciting popcorn munching films that make you feel something. And they do it much better than we do. We so much get into spectacle and forget about the people. And this is all about the people, sometimes to the detriment to the spectacle. But that's okay because you realize what they're going through. by their acting skills. Great cast all around. I'm not going to butcher any names, but needless to say, they all do great jobs. Um, there's even a little kid in the movie. His name in the film is Odin, which is kind of cute. Um, and he's also great in the few scenes he's in. The special effects are really, really, really good. Um, very little of it looks really CG. Some of the underwater stuff does because that's hard to do, but like some of the above water stuff looked incredibly realistic. Um, the movie is supposed to get, is showing in theaters right now and on certain streaming services. It's supposed to get a home video release in April. Uh, could be one of the first 4Ks from the company Magnet Releasing who's releasing it. It's definitely getting a Blu-ray. And I see a listing for a 4K, so it might be. The original two movies are not available on 4K to my knowledge, but you can stream them in 4K. Voodoo had 4K versions of both. Funny that the 4K versions were not included with the 999 double feature version. So you can get the first two movies in 4K streaming only. You'll be able to get the new movie in 4K on disc in April, I think. But if you like this kind of movie, you should seek it out and watch all three. Watch them in order because they kind of build in a I don't know, in a, in a, in a logical way. <laughs> There's a great line in the movie, and I won't get into spoilers, but uh, to compare it to movies you may have seen, they say, you know, what the, what the problem is going to be is going to affect a lot of oil wells. And he says, well, how big? Well, Deepwater Horizon, you're familiar with that. He goes, yes. Well, that oil spill was the size of Denmark. That was one well. We have 350. So yeah, there's some stakes on the line with this film. The Burning Sea, it's available in certain theaters. It's also on certain streaming services. We'll get a wide release in April. At least that's the date so far. It's really good if you can stand the subtitles. I didn't, I don't know if it's available to watch dubbed. Maybe it is. Um, I think it's just fine in Norwegian with subtitles. Really enjoying, uh, entertaining film uh, that gets it down to a personal level. There's big things going on, but it's really like three people involved in a rescue uh, for for the at least the climactic part of the film, and it's it's just 
heartwarming and exciting and fun. And, and the reason we go see movies like this, from Raiders of the Lost Ark all the way to this movie, it's just exciting roller coaster fun. Check out The Burning Sea, streaming and in theaters now. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. My links are below. I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.